Me and my old lady sitting in the shade talking about the money that I ain't made. Hey, try starting a podcast. This is Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette. Joined tonight, as always, by the one and only, the effervescent, the lovely Scott Haskins. Scott, how are things in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada here tonight? They're beautiful. You know, it's a nice chilly evening and uh, clear skies, which uh, is pretty common out in the desert, but uh, a lovely night just the same. How is it in Saskatchewan? Well, let me ask you this. What is chilly in Las Vegas? Uh, 68 is chilly for us. Fuck you. It was minus 14 here (laughs) as we're recording this. (laughs) Well, six, 68 Fahrenheit, but, uh, you know, we're, we're acclimated for the, the blistering heat of the summer sun. So for us, it's still uh, like plus 10 Celsius. That's still warm. That's shorts and t-shirt weather. Yeah. That's, that's hoodie and, uh, and winter hat weather for us. Oh, bunch of pussies. John Mariano, help me out here. <laughs> You're in the frozen tundra of uh, New York state. How's it going here tonight? It is cold and annoying here. That's the answer I was looking for, because that's what it is here, too. How cold is it in New York here tonight, John? It is so cold. The Prussian blue in my Crayola box wants to write a song about itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John is alluding to last week's song, Pink. It's like red, but not quite. And it did quite make our ultimate Aerosmith top 10, to the surprise of no one, I'm sure. Um, but it's off the dime. I know after we stopped recording, John was very excited that we finally got it off the dice. And we got six great tunes on there tonight here, don't we, John? Yeah, I, I have no problem with what we've got here. We've got De- Devil's Got a New Disguise, You See Me Crying, uh, Dream Dream On, the, the one of the live versions, um, Magic Touch, Reefer Headed Woman, and I'm Down. Like, there is not a bad track on this tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. And it, uh, just a, you know, little uh you know inside baseball here we recorded the pink episode and we we're chatting afterwards about how miserable we felt after listening to it we're like well, let's do one more let's just knock out one more kind of cleanse the palate kind of get a a new track out there that maybe you know when we can end the call and and, and at least enjoy uh scott you especially were not a fan of pink no i really wasn't i i it it left such a bad taste because I I was just so disappointed that at that point in their career that they would have released a song that had such cheesy lyrics with with an unloving delivery. Uh, so I'm glad we're we're doing another one tonight because I feel like every song on this dice is a winner, and I know I'm going to end this show happy. You want to talk about winners? You want to talk about uncheesy deliveries? Let's talk about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Every show's a winner. Scott Haskin, uh, maybe let's recap for the folks what they could find on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Uh, there are some great shows. We've got the Rock Roulette Podcast, kind of modeled after another show that Corey does, the And the Podcast Will Rock show, the Van Halen show with Corey Morissette. We've got End Volume for All, the Tom Petty Project, So Far, So Pod, So What, North by South, John and Corey, my my co-hosts here, do another show, Backtracks Theme Music. We've got uh, the Judas Priest cast, universally speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy podcast. That's Ozzy Osbourne, of course, not Ozzy and Harriet. We have Maiden A to Z pod, Hawk Binge, the In the Lap of the Pods Queen podcast, Sabbath Bloody podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, the Deep Purple podcast, and of course, 
T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. And if you guys would like links to all these shows, go to my website, www.scotthaskin.com. Click on the Aerosmith podcast link, and I've got links, clickable links to every one of these shows on our page. Scott Haskin doing the Lord's work here, helping everybody find their favorite music podcasts on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Where did you get those lips? John Mariano, you got those kissable lips. Maybe flap them for us and tell us about our sponsor, Ken Knapsack's Pop Rock and Radio. The big hits, album cuts, and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtrack of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests, sing, dance, and celebrate the music with Pop Rock and Radio Community. Download the Mixcloud app today and listen to Ken. Just go find Pop Rock and Radio, pop it on. He does he does shows on uh, Saturday nights, and um, it's it's great ambiance for any any dinner dinner party um, or fire pit you have going on. Oh man, boys, we are on fire tonight. We're just popping. I'm throwing the the shit out there, and you guys are hitting it right back. Everything is working uh, perfectly here. I want to throw out one quick shout out to uh, my good buddy, Kevin Brown uh, from the Tom Petty Project. He has a new pod as well called Seaside Pod Review. Uh, they're talking all things Queen. Uh, they have this great format, totally original, where they spin a wheel. They put all the Queen songs on a wheel and they spin the wheel and they talk about whatever track they come up with. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, not yet, as we're recording this part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, but I, I think would be a, a worthy inclusion. Uh, it's really a tremendous show. Everybody should check it out. Uh, but we got our own uh, agenda here tonight, boys. Uh, we're talking Aerosmith, and we're trying to cleanse the palate from last week's choice, which was Pink did not make the ultimate Aerosmith top 10. John already uh, kind of went through the six songs currently on our diet. Let's start with uh, the lovely John Mariano. John, what are you hoping for here tonight? Oh, y- you know, we did we did an unfamiliar one to Scott last week. Let's get some magic ch- touch and get Scott with a... Um, familiar song this week oh that's a good cut michael green uh fan of aerosmith and a friend of the show uh put that on the dice for us i'm going to echo john's sentiments i would love to hear magic touch uh that's a great track from permanent vacation scott haskin what are you hoping for here tonight well for one i think it's pretty neat that i actually know half more than half the songs on the dice right now i know four out of six of them very well uh that this might be the only time that ever happens so i'm pretty excited uh, i want something a little more up tempo than that i love magic touch but uh, i'd like i'm down all right great choice what do you say boys let's roll this dice and see what we come up with all right giving it a good shake and we are going to come up with reefer headed woman from night in the ruts so we're not going to on a permanent vacation this week instead we're going for a night in the ruts uh john i believe this was one of your choices do you remember why you put it on the die yeah because it's a deep deep deeper cut and i wanted to expose scott to something new which was kind of the opposite of what i was looking to do right now but i think that this is probably a better deeper cut than um one of the one of the shallower cuts we had last week. So, um, Scott, what was missing last week, I think, was any kind of creativity in the lyrics. And I think even in, in the title of the song, we're getting more creativity than than we had last week. Yeah, I have to say that the title is definitely intriguing. I mean, it paints a picture, but you don't really know what picture it paints. So I feel like there's a lot of open possibilities to cover, and I'm excited to see what it's all about. This was an interesting time in Arrow history. Um, Joe Perry left about halfway through uh, recording this one. Um, Jack Douglas came back. uh, Sorry, Jack Douglas actually uh, left 
at this point, Gary Lyons is listed as the producer along with Aerosmith. A um, lot of issues uh, going into the recording of this one. Um, so Reefer Headed Woman. I know, uh, John, we've covered a couple of songs uh, from Night in the in the Ruts. Uh, Bone to Bone, Coney Island, Whitefish Boy, uh, which is a favorite of yours, uh, comes from this album. Uh, one of the better cuts, also uh, the uh, Helter Skelter, the Beatles cover, uh, also from Night in the Ruts, as well as Cheesecake, which I believe we covered on here as well. So um, what are your initial impressions of Night in the Ruts, just from the uh, few songs that we've covered on from it? Look, it, 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 it's not my favorite Aerosmith album, but it's it's one of my top Aerosmith albums, which is why I keep trying to pick the bones off of it as much as I can. Um, I just, I, I really dig the sound off of this album. I, I really dig, it, it, there's, there's a grittiness to it that I feel like is lacking in later albums. Um, so so yeah, that's why I keep going to it. All right, Scott, if you're ready, are you ready for a little reefer-headed woman? From uh, Night in the Ruts. All right, here we go. We can't just listen to the song the whole time. At some point, we got to comment on it. <laughs> and I think we're all getting caught up with how good this track is, especially coming off of last week. To me, it's kind of great that we had these songs back to back because I feel like everything Pink wasn't, this song is, or everything Pink wants to be, this song is in a lot of ways. You know, it, 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 it's a slower, bluesier, like Pink's trying to be a country track. Um, the, 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 the lyrics are every bit there. Steven's vocals are every bit there, but the band has room to breathe. You can hear the band playing in and around Steven, not underneath Steven, not behind Steven. Um, this to me is, and that's why I go to this album a lot. It's it, in a lot of ways, this is peak Aerosmith for me. And, and this is a, a cover from 1938. Uh, I was looking back the first recording of reefer headed woman is by Jazz Gillum and his Jazz Boy. Scott, have you ever heard of Jazz Gillum? I have never heard that name, but this is definitely, you know, a classic style blues song, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I wish the the effect of guitar was a little bit louder. I, I feel like it's getting cut in the mix just a bit. But this, when the song first started up, it reminded me of a scene in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze where uh, I can't remember the uh, uh, Brad Wesley comes into the bar and he's got his girl goes up on the stage and, and, the, and Brad says, play something with balls. 
and the girl does like that little strut across the stage. This song has balls. This is some really good blues right here. Absolutely. And uh, the band sounds pretty tight. Now, this was at a time where the band, the album wasn't finished. They're working on the album. Vocals weren't done, but the uh, record company booked them on a tour. So they had to go out on tour. And, and that's when kind of Joe Perry kind of exploded and, and, and quit the band. He only recorded a guitar uh, on like five or six tracks from this album. This is one of them uh, be, before he left. And then uh, after he left, you know, uh, Richie Supa, uh, Jimmy Crespo, those guys kind of came in and finished off the album. But you you would and you wouldn't think listening to it, this is the sound of a band ready to implode. And, and maybe no. it's just because when when you get into that that kind of you know that that blues riff, that's Aerosmith's wheelhouse. This song is very much in Aero, like obviously they didn't write it, but it's very much Aerosmith encapsulated, right? Uh, there's such a blues band and so uh, influenced by the blues. This is just right in their wheelhouse. They, they can knock this out with their eyes closed. And apparently Steven Tyler was so uh, fucking coked up at this time that, you know, the originals they were doing, like, you know, his lyrics were just, you know, inane. But, you know, something like this, you know, he can still sing and he's still, I think, at this point, knocking it out of the park. I agree. I, I guess my question would be, because I didn't know that this was an old cover, what did Reefer mean back in those days? Because, of course, the first thing that I thought of was was drug-headed woman. But... Oh, 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 no. Re it, it, did, it did, because Reefer Madness is a very old movie. Ah. Um, so so Reefer, Reefer Madness is very famously, it was like, I think it was a propaganda film or something, and it has now become kind of like a rally cry. Because it, it was basically saying, like, if you smoke weed... Like you're gonna do all this crazy, insane. They, they basically the film turns weed into like PCP and things like that, and and, and it's so outlandish, it's become a cult classic to a degree. Um, but it's an older film, so reefer is reefer is reefer throughout the, the you know the Ides of Time. So a reefer-headed woman is, is, is a pot-smoking woman. Yeah, according to Urban Dictionary, reefer head is another name for a pothead. I learned something today. The more you know. All right, I'm looking at the lyric sheet and I'm listening to what Steven's singing and I don't think he, I don't know what the fuck he's singing. Is he just so out of his mind at this point? He's just mumbling? Well, he's, he's getting through the lyrics. Like, like he, he's getting to that, well, he was feeling high and then he kind of, you know, under his, you know, roll or whatever goes, oh, he sure was feeling low. And I know he was supposed to go low there, but it almost feels like he, he, he hit it, went an up and very quickly swung down um, off off of his eye coming out of that. Um, but I think it still suits the song. Yeah, I think it works for the song. I, I think it's one thing that's dangerous about doing a song like this is you just tend to get caught in the pattern of the song. Even as the singer, you you follow that rhythm. Your verses are, are very uh, repetitive in the pattern. And I think it's nice to have something like that that just kind of breaks it up a little bit and gives you something unexpected because typically with this song, you're like, I know how it goes. Here's the beat. Here's how the lyrics are going to go. So to have something, you know, kind of change it up a little bit was nice. 
whether it was accidental or not, I don't know. It, it didn't really seem natural, but I, I liked that it was there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of listening to the song and I'm thinking it's fine. I've heard Aerosmith do this riff and, and do this song a hundred times. I don't know if this elevates, like to me, the covers on honking on Bobo elevates the material. I don't know if this one does. And I, I go back to a, a quote from Joe Perry uh, in his autobiography, when he's talking about uh, his frustrations uh, during this time. Uh, and he said, uh, and I quote, the whole operation had become a nightmare. I was tired of the bullshit. I just wanted to get in a van and go play rock and roll. I was willing to play clubs, any clubs. I was told that when Steven finally did show up to do his vocals, he was smoking crack. And I don't know. I, I kind of get the impression Steven was smoking crack here. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? When you think about, you know, the the reality of, of being in the recording studio, and I don't know if you guys have when any projects are being done or if anybody in our audience has, but you've got a producer that's there. And to think about the fact that producers were just like, yeah, let him go ahead and sing. Yeah, he's not singing well or he's messed up or whatever. And just allowing things to be recorded that way instead of like isolating him for a couple of days, getting him sober enough to get through the album and then, you know, letting him go back on whatever binge he wants. Uh, it's really weird that they would allow that to to affect the recordings at that time. But I know I know they did. It's just in my mind, that's kind of a strange thing. It is, and uh, actually, Jack Douglas who recorded the four previous Aerosmith albums. He didn't do the uh, the debut, but he did the 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 four uh, preceding it. Um, he was very, you know, they were used to working with him, and the record company replaced Jack Douglas uh, with Gary Lyons. He was a record company uh, uh, selection, uh, so maybe he didn't mix well, uh, you know, with the band during this period too. Like I said, it was pretty like the band was selling out stadiums almost at, at this point. Like they were very popular as a live act. And, you know, their last four albums did very, very well. But yet there was so much inner turmoil at this point that, you know, we're, we're kind of getting results like this where you talked about pink being Aerosmith paint by numbers. This is kind of Aerosmith paint by numbers, too, and that we're just we're, we're just going to play a, a blue song and, and Steven's going to warble over top of it and it'll be fine. But does it really elevate uh, the, the material like, say, uh, uh, John, we did that one uh, uh, cover from Honkin' on Bobo, or any of the covers we did from Aerosmith. They, they tend to elevate that material. Mother Popcorn uh, tended to elevate that material. Is is that really what's happening here? I don't know. I've never heard another version of this song to say whether or not they're elevating it or not. I mean, you're probably right. Um, I still, I, I still dig this one. Maybe I have a softer spot for older Aerosmith. Maybe I'm exposing myself a little bit here. Um, but I, I don't know whether it makes the mixtape or not. We probably have some mixed reviews going on. At least, at least I feel like this is slight redemption off of last week. Yep, well, fair enough. Yeah, I, I would say in, in comparison to Pink, absolutely. But I would think if if I were one of the people that had purchased this album when it came out. I don't know that I would have been as excited by this track. I think I would have felt more like, yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty much Aerosmith and not, not been disappointed, but not necessarily been like, oh, wow, this is a great new album. It's kind of like, here's what we expect out of the band. They're not making an advancement or uh, really updating their sound or who they are. They're just kind of continuing on doing what's expected of them. Still a good song, but nothing groundbreaking.
All right, John, you happy with a harmonica solo instead of a guitar solo? No, nah, I mean, I always prefer a guitar solo, but for this song, I think it, it fits a little bit. It feels to me like we're in the bar and it's like last call and they're really trying to push us out of the bar and this song is playing on the jukebox and it's like, it's time to go. I like the uh, I like the harmonica because it allows Stephen to not sing over a guitar solo, <laughs> <laughs> like he did last week. Uh, it's not bad, but again, it's it's just like you know, this is music that I could have on in the background and and not say I need to switch the song, but not particularly pay attention to. I, I feel kind of middle of the road about it. Yeah, the, the harmonica to me elevated a little bit. I enjoyed that more than than the verses that we heard up to that point. But yeah, it, 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 it's still kind of stock Aerosmith, I think, at this point. It, it, it's like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, it's it's like he's singing it out of familiarity of how a song like this would be sung, but not that he's into the story of it. I think that's the difference. Like, when, when you sing a song like this, you've got to feel the story. You've got to really bring out the passion in the lyrics. I think he's doing a, a decent job of singing it, but I don't think... He's making me feel the story. Yeah. And according to setlist.fm, uh, they only started doing this song around Night in the Ruts for that tour. So this isn't one they did, uh, you know, kind of earlier, according to setlist.fm anyway, um, which would have been, you know, back in 78, 79. So wasn't a cover they were 100% familiar with. It seems to me like the band was uh, like sort, sort, sorting out like we're, we're done for a while or we're going to be done for a while. And this is a cover we sort of know, so let's let's I guess cover this one. Well, there's a couple of covers on this album. Uh, yeah. Remember, "Walking in the Sand" was a Shangri-La's cover, and and that was the only single uh, actually off this album. to hop i gotta correct myself they actually did this song in 1971 because it's on their release from last year the road starts here uh the uh, album they released of, of earlier songs including you know somebody walking the dog moving out major barbara reefer headed woman uh, is on that release but uh i just gotta say i really kind of dug that guitar solo there that was pretty fucking great i, I mean I, I feel like that might have redeemed some of the stuff that you might have been saying earlier is like that guitar solo exists in this song, and we have other uh, other songs from other albums that we've put on mixtapes, and I don't know that they have guitar solos that fucking wicked. Yeah, that was a badass guitar solo. It, it it's interesting because the guitar solo typically, you know, it's replacing the vocals for a section, giving the vocalist a break. 
And typically you would want it to be on par, maybe a little bit above where the vocals were, but this one, he just like took this song to a whole new level. Uh, that was one of the best solos I've heard from him so far. Uh, I love the sound of it. I love how, you know, just gritty his guitar sounds on this mm-hmm. and uh, the performances that that's, that's definitely one of the best solos I've heard from him so far. I agree. That's one of the best Joe Perry solos we've heard on this show. You know, 40 some episodes in when you say, John, that was phenomenal. I, I, I think we have an interesting discussion after this episode. I agree. <laughs> Reefer-headed woman from Night in the Ruts. Scott Haskin, let's start with you. What were your overall impressions of the song? Not bad. Uh, That ending note on the harmonica was a little bit weird. It sounded like a slowly deflating balloon, (laughs) which I I didn't particularly care for. I I like the fact that after the guitar solo, you know, in the beginning, I said that I wish there were more of that lead guitar uh, cut-ins. We got those after the solo. So that was uh, the second half of the song, I think was a little bit better. Um, I think the vocals could have been a little bit better musically. I would have liked to have seen them do a little bit more with the song, kind of elevate it from that very classic basic blues, but uh, it wasn't a bad song. I think really for me, it was that guitar solo that, uh, that really sold me on, on this being a song I would listen to again. I echo your sentiments hundred percent. That's exactly how I thought they didn't really elevate uh, from that, that just kind of generic blues uh, riff that we kind of got there, but that guitar solo to me really elevated it. Uh, I, I thought the vocals were lacking, although that last verse I thought was pretty good. But, you know, Stephen, you know, two shows in a row didn't really give his all. I, I didn't think on that one, but that last verse was pretty good. And that guitar solo was great. Um, man, this is kind of close for me. John, what are you thinking? I I think that we benefited from the band being close to bit breakup and, uh, Joe Perry being close to to walking out that, you know, Scott made the point earlier that you don't typically try to outshine the singer on the song. And I really feel this was like a big fuck you. Like, you know, I've had enough of your shit, so I'm just going to tear it up a little bit on this one. And And I think we all benefited because of that. Boy, I, I kind of feel, and this is in a typical blues song, I mean, you're supposed to sing out your pain, right? Uh, I kind of feel like that's what Joe was doing. Like he was taking all his frustration and putting it into this solo, and that's what made it so good. It was very passionate. I agree. So now we're left with the question. Any good? Is it good enough to make side A of the mixtape? Let's recap the songs currently on side A. We have Rats in the Cellar, Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Coney Island Whitefish Boy, Seasons of Wither, Spaced, Walking the Dog, and The Movie. 
John Mariano, what are you thinking? I actually like this song more than Bone to Bone. So I would punt Bone to Bone for this one. Wow. I know I've I've gone to bat for that one several times, but I've kind of been holding this one in my back pocket knowing this one was coming down the pipe. And I feel like if I'm going to punt Bone to Bone, I wouldn't mind punting it for this. To me, that's a little extreme. I wouldn't mind punting something like Spaced for, for this. Uh, I think this encapsulates more of what Aerosmith is than a song like Space did. I, I would want to keep Bone to Bone for for another week because it, it's such a cool tune. Uh, Scott, I, I'm i assuming you, you've heard all the songs on the list here. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say Coney Island, Whitefish Boy, but I I could backspace. I, I think that, you know, I was I was hesitant to, to replace anything, um, bone to bone, I really dig that song, and and you know, John, the the last few weeks when you have fought for it, I've I've backed you on that. I'm like, yeah, it's a good song. Um, I would I would probably uh, I would probably backspaced. Now it, this one kind of fits in the same mold as walking the dog. I do like walking the dog more than this one, but I would be okay with taking spaced off the mixtape in exchange for reefer headed woman. Uh, so both Scott and I are kind of in agreement. John, what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, even even if I disagreed with you guys, it'd be it, it'd be to to the one. Um, I can't go a task to save space. Like, I am fine with that being. I was I, I thought I was doing a nice thing by not picking on space and exposing myself a little bit here. Going, you know what? At this point in in our episodes, I'd be open to to Whitefish Boy going. I know I fought for it a bunch. But I feel like it's it's made made it. I've made my point, and it has its place. But space is uh, gone. Yeah, I think we we're all cool with that. Space is now off the mixtape, replaced by reefer headed woman. And I'm surprised I'm the one kind of fighting for bone to bone originally there though. But <laughs> the more I kind of hear it, the more I'm like, yeah, this is a really solid Aerosmith deep cut, and it you know it deserves to stay there uh, over a song like Space, which I know I I commended for lyrically. Uh, Steven Tyler kind of taking a different direction uh, lyrically, but um, yeah, I'm cool with this. I, I And I know I talked about Reefer Headed Woman being kind of stock Aerosmith, but that guitar solo, I, I think alone, it deserves a spot currently on the mixtape. Um, so yeah, currently we have Rats in the Cellar, Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Seasons of Wither, Reefer Headed Woman, Walking the Dog, and The Movie. So pretty decent side A of the mixtape, I would say. I think it's good to have a blues on there. I mean, if you're if you're going to be representing uh, a collection of songs that you say best represents the band, I mean, you kind of need a good solid blues because they are so blues based. I mean, most rock and roll is blues based, but their Aerosmith really plays up that side of things more than a lot of other bands do. So I think you kind of need a good blues on there. Plus, yeah, kick ass guitar solo. Hundred percent. Now, John, that was one of your choices, so that means you get to pick a song to go on the mixtape. What are you thinking? I'm thinking. I'm thinking we gotta go a live track. Okay. And I think I'm going. Uh, we're far. We're far enough in. I want to start doing some of my favorites. Um, let's do "Train Kept a Rolling" off of uh, Classic Live. Ooh, "Train Kept a Rolling." Hey, you're replacing a blues song with another blues song and another cover. Nice. Yep. But when yeah, you're talking I... quintessential Aerosmith, especially live, they do train. 
like almost every night, I think, right? Like that that is that encapsulates the band very, very well. Will Classics Live be the version that makes the mixtape? That's yet to be seen, but that's a good choice. Oh, thanks. I, I look forward to rolling it at some point. All right. So currently on the dice, we have Devil's Got a New Disguise, You See Me Crying, Dream On from Live Bootleg, Magic Touch, Train, Kept a Rolling from Classics Live, and I'm Down. Man, that is a pretty good selection of songs right there, boys. What do you say? Scott Haskins, let's wrap this one up. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you online and what you got going on? Best place for everything that is all me is www.scotthaskin.com, where I've got my books, my music, uh, links to movies I've worked on, all kinds of stuff, and our our Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited page with links to all the deep dive podcast network shows that you could ever desire. Awesome. And John Mariano, where can the folks find you? Um, I mean, all you got to do is say hello and ask is it me they're looking for um <laughs> you 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 can you can find me on the internet i'm not sure what site i'll be on this week because i am site hopping based on what might still be in business tomorrow um so find me look for my name i might be around i might not um if not just uh as they said in three's company come and knock on my door <laughs> There you go. And if you're looking for more uh, me, for some reason, I'm on a few different shows. I'm on this one, of course. I'm on uh, Backtracks uh, theme music with one John Mariano. We're talking uh, music and movies and having a lot of fun doing so. And I'm also on uh, And the Podcast Will Rock with one Mark Kamire talking er everything Van Halen. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at CD Morset. I think Twitter's still a thing. We don't know. Uh, we're recording this uh, two months in the future. It could be completely gone, in which case, find me on Hive. Uh, I think I'm at CD Morset there as well. I just set up the account. I have no idea how Hive works yet. I'm old. I'm cranky. Uh, John was even explaining Fortnite to me, and I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. That's how old I am. But uh, we're having a lot of fun here talking Aerosmith. want to thank you very much for joining us on behalf of Scott Haskin and John Mariano. My name is Corey Morset. And as always, we will give the final word to Steven Tyler.